Good morning. Welcome to Chapel at Bethany. And a special welcome to any guests who may be worshiping with us. We're glad to have you here. We make our beginning in the name of the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. We continue with the hymn. The text for our devotion this morning is taken from Ecclesiastes, the opening verses in chapter 1 and the concluding verses in chapter 12. The words of the teacher, son of David, king in Jerusalem. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. Not only was the teacher wise, but also he imparted knowledge to the people. He pondered and searched out and set in order many proverbs. The teacher searched to find just the right words, and what he wrote was upright and true. The words of the wise are like goads. They're collected sayings like firmly embedded nails, given by one shepherd. Be warned, my son, of anything in addition to them, of making many books there is no end, 
and much study wearies the body. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. And we pray. These are your words, Heavenly Father. Sanctify us by the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. You realize it's a big day today. According to my official Bethany refrigerator magnet, for the 2020-21 academic year, today could be a red-letter day. You see, today, as you well know, is the last day of classes of this academic semester. It means that for the past several months, through the teachings of your professors, all of the writings that you've read, and the experiences you've had, you've once again been filled with knowledge, resulting in another milestone of achievement in your academic development. And what does the writer of our text, King Solomon, the wisest to ever live, have to say about all that? Meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Today in our devotion, Solomon notes our lives have no meaning under the sun, S-U-N, but that they do have eternal meaning through the sun, S-O-N. To understand the book of Ecclesiastes, we need to know about the person who wrote it. Solomon is an Old Testament icon. He is the son of King David. By the time Solomon was on the throne, the nation of Israel was controlled, the nation of Israel controlled the crossroads of trading through the ancient world. At the time, Israel was the center of the universe and Solomon was the king over the empire. Solomon was the second son of Bathsheba and David. You may recall God's judgment upon their scandalous affair was that their first son would die after birth. But as for Solomon, he rose to become heir to the throne. When that time the Lord gave him a gift, whatever he wanted. Solomon asked for wisdom, and God granted it to him, noting that there would never be anyone like him in wisdom. His reputation as the wisest to ever live is noted throughout the Bible. Ecclesiastes is Solomon's third book. It's written at the end of his life after all that he had accomplished, all the wealth he had gathered, and I must say, after all the women that he had had in his life, after all the knowledge he had learned, and after all the wisdom that he had taught. In this book are the words of an older man who, quite frankly, is jaded from life. He had committed himself to the pursuit of things, knowledge, pleasure, and achievement and the belief that somehow these things would bring him meaning in his life. But they didn't. He gained what he wanted, but in the end, he was miserable. It comes out in almost every verse of Ecclesiastes. In chapter 12, the final chapter of Ecclesiastes, Solomon sets the stage for us to not repeat his mistakes. He writes about himself in that opening section. The hand of God in his life was apparent. 
He took what he knew from the Lord, and he passed it on to us with significant skill. But knowledge was just not enough. Notice that middle section. A goad is a long stick. It's used to poke and to prod. God's word is like a goad. It corrects and it pushes us into action. These are not just fine, eloquent words, but they challenge us to do or to change something. It's needed if we are to be taught. Embedded nails in that section are a picture of stability. Nails hold things together. They make the structure to which they're attached stronger. Solomon states the word of God is the only stability in our lives. In the Bible, we find truth that has not changed. Solomon notes that God's word is the knowledge that's worth passing on. And he points out that while there are literally thousands of books published in the world every day, God's word is sufficient. Solomon concludes in that last section. Here's the application for us. Solomon links us to the eternal. In order for our lives to have meaning, they need to be connected to something that is not simply under the physical sun, S-U-N. We need to be connected to the eternal. Originally, humans were. Before sin was introduced in the world through the fall of Adam and Eve, we had that perfect knowledge. Prior to that, everything was perfect. But from that time on, Adam and Eve and all of us have lost that. So here's the connection. Note Solomon's conclusion, fear God. Then connect that wisdom to the words back in the middle section, given by one shepherd. To fear the Lord means to know that he knows everything about us. He even knows our arrogance. He knows our worry. He knows our fears. We couldn't escape that even if we tried. But there's more to that than just an emotion we may have of terror knowing that the Lord knows everything about us. It means to know that that same God came in our place to bring himself to us. We don't have to seek him. He came to us. Jesus calls himself the good shepherd. We need that. We need more than someone who teaches us. We need more than someone who preaches to us. We need a shepherd, one who would give up his life for us, one who's eternal and who has connected us to his eternal purpose, something greater than ourselves. Our lives have meaning when we are connected to that good shepherd. By God's grace, this is what he teaches us so that our lives have eternal meaning. Isn't it true that at times we as sinful human beings are resistant to wanting to be taught? Meaning in life starts with submission, to listen and to be taught by the good shepherd. We also sometimes have a tendency to make everything in life about ourselves, or a tendency at times to get down, or to feel that our lives are insignificant. We need not feel either. Our true identity is found in Christ as children of God. As for this refrigerator magnet, meaningless, meaningless, when we 
made our mitigation plan due to COVID, most of the dates on this calendar are wrong, but at least it's a solid magnet. And what about hard work? What about seeking to achieve our best with the God-given skills and abilities with which he's blessed us and finding pleasure in what we do? Solomon addresses that in chapter 5 of Ecclesiastes when he writes, It is good and proper for a man to eat and drink and to find satisfaction in his toilsome labor under the sun during the few days that God has given us, for this is his lot. Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and, in, and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy in his work. This, Solomon says, is a gift of God. The meaning in life all comes down to one thing, Jesus. It's all we'll ever need. Jesus has taught us, brought us, bought us, and sought us. He's caught us, and he loves us. Thanks be to God that he has given us his Holy Spirit, that by faith we may remain steadfast in his gospel promise until the end. And thanks be to God that he has blessed us with the college in Bethany, where the one thing needful has been taught and confessed, so that daily we may know and believe of God's Son, our Savior, until the end. Amen. Let us pray. Please rise. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for revealing to us in your word all that we need. Because of our judgment to death for our sinful nature, you provided for us your Son as our shepherd to exchange his perfection for our sins and to suffer and die the death we deserved. Thank you for giving us the gift of the Holy Spirit to work saving faith into our hearts, so that by believing in the work of your Son, we will have eternal life with you in heaven. We praise and thank you for the blessings you extend to our entire Bethany campus community. For 94 academic years, you've provided us a gospel-focused mission focused on the one thing needful, and the support of constituents and talented and dedicated faculty and staff to carry it out. We also thank you for our students that we may daily engage them with this good news and help equip them with the knowledge and the understanding and skills that they need for productive and fulfilling lives into the vocations you lead them. Continue to be with them, Lord, in the days, weeks, months, and years ahead that they may hold fast in faith in Jesus as their Savior, and help us all to remain focused on your Son, our Savior, and our Heavenly King. Amen. We continue with the final verses of the hymn.
and now receive the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you peace. Amen.